0: hi guys welcome back to the black experience this is your president brianna vice president and
1: secretary hillary
0: and we are back um you know with another podcast no guest but i mean i digress we'll get there i think we should start off this podcast with you know the recent event that happened last week in atlanta georgia I believe it happened the night we were recording. We had recorded last week's podcast, so we weren't able mm-hmm. to talk about it. But I think we should probably, you know, uh, mention it this week.
2: Wait, before we do that, I just want to say really quick, um, thank you to everyone who listened to our last podcast episode. I think it was, like, something that was really important for us to talk about Um and, like, right now, it's, like, our second most listened to episode um, after our intro episode. But that was, like, the last time I checked, so it could it could have surpassed it. And, like, a special shout-out to uh, Arlene and Christopher McDonald-Dennis, Spencer Moser, Jen Lebance, Professor Shudo, and the Black Alumni Network for all y'all for sharing the podcast episode, for reaching out um, to us about it and asking questions and trying to help us out. And I just kind of want to let everyone know that like the higher ups are going to be having a meeting soon about the community outreach center. Um, And so it's like, it's, it's really like, it's really cool and it's really humbling that like we can come out here and talk about something on our little podcast, you know, Um, be really honest and then for real life actions to be taken. Um, from people just listening to our voices and I think that just goes to show the power of of the voice you know like that's why when we're like we want guests to come you know it's not just because we want the podcast to be interesting yes of course we want the pod- podcast to be interesting but also we want to hear different voices talk about different things um, we want to oh. hear what concerns members of our MCLA community what concerns people in general you know like what can we help to fix what can we talk about cuz like dialogue is just it's it's important you know like yes it's the first step but it's a step nevertheless and kind of like a segue into our topic one of the the awesome voices that we've had on this podcast is our very own Hua Zhang, who was on episode 10 solidarity with the Asian American community which everyone should um cycle back and listen to especially in this troubling time
0: yeah so, do we have any, like, opening remarks on what happened, or? I think, like,
2: one of the the first times, like, I started to realize that there was, like, an issue with uh, racism towards, like, the Asian American community. Like, I didn't realize that it was bad. Like, obviously, I knew it existed, right? But, like it's one of those things where it's not, com- it doesn't really come a lot to the forefront. Like a lot of times when we talk about racism, we talk about like black white dichotomy often, you know, in America that is. And then yeah, we talk about racism to talk about other problems in other communities, like, you know, like immigration and stuff like that. Like we don't really bring racism to the forefront of the, com- of the conversation when we're talking about the Asian American community. And then, like last year, when we were about to leave to, to go home, like when COVID first hit, you know, there was like in the apartment lounge, there was like a big, a big sign on the blackboard um, that said, "Like I'm not a virus," um, and there was like information about like the percentage of Asian American students on our campus, and we were hearing about like super uh, racist and and problematic conversations and and things being happening at University of Albany, which is, like, an hour away from school, but we weren't talking about it, like, on our campus, you know, like, no one was talking about it. But then, like, to hear that there were organizations having parties, like, having coronavirus parties, like, at our school before we left. Like, that's so weird and and problematic.
0: I mean, I feel like in terms of like the coronavirus parties i didn't know that we were having them on campus but i i would like to believe that it wasn't like um i feel like it was probably more tone deaf than racist racist if anything hopefully cuz i feel like you know with the past administration obviously donald trump really labeled the coronavirus as you know um what did he say the kung flu that it comes from China. So I feel like obviously, you know, there's hella white supremacists in America. And so they hear their great leader saying this. So obviously they're going to start targeting Asian Americans. And then if you actually look at the history, you know, America had its own concentration camps for Japanese immigrants. Mm -hmm, The internment camps. Yeah. So I feel like, because like if you were to listen to episode 10 obviously who discusses like the model minority myth so i feel like because you know that's in the american system when it comes to asian americans obviously a lot of asian americans who believe in the model minority myth might not discuss racism or you know want to voice that because they you know they fit into this like standard you know, although they're not white, they fit into this kind of standard of kind of appealing to white people. So I feel like that's why we don't really hear a lot about racism in the Asian American community, even though it's there. It's prominent, absolutely. So I think this this like incident definitely kind of amplified what was already happening in America, like secret
2: And and the reason why I said that the parties were, were problematic as opposed to just being like tone deaf was like, I don't know, like to me in that era, when you hear about students on other campuses, like Asian students on other campuses being targeted, being like fe- fearing for their safety, being treated like like others, being treated like they're sick. And then for you to have a party with based on the virus that's associated with with those students like that to me just felt like really like that i just took issue with that like i just thought that it was like really insensitive Mm -hmm. um like for for the asian students on our campus which are already like a minority on our campus because there's only i think it's like 0.2 percent or something of our campuses are are, is asian students
0: i understand where you're coming from 100 percent but i feel like obviously like when we were here last year, um, you know, it was like, okay, Coronavirus, it's like, people are taking it as like the swine flu, the regular flu, like people didn't really see it to the extent that it is now, obviously. And I feel Mm -hmm. like during that time, you know, Donald Trump, maybe I'm wrong, because I did not watch him. I did not watch the news. I did not want to hear from this disgusting man. I feel like in the beginning stages of Coronavirus, when we were still on campus, like he never made those remarks yet, just yet, I could be wrong. So I feel like people are probably having parties like, oh yeah, you know, two weeks spring break guys, like, oh my God, let's just celebrate Corona cause you know, we're getting this break. But in reality, it's really like, you know, deep down it has like deeper connotations when you really think about it. And like looking at, you know, what happened weeks following or years following
2: no i agree with you 100 percent. like definitely intention versus like outcome yeah you know like i don't think anyone who threw um a coronavirus party intended for it to be like racist or or was mocking um asian americans at all like i don't think that was happening i think that i'm just i'm just saying that um like, you know, in hindsight, yeah. It it came off as like weird. Because I agree with you. Back then, like COVID was like it was like a joke. Like, you mm-hmm. know, like everyone was laughing. We were like, This little, you know, achoo, achoo. like old people are getting sick, whatever, like we're gonna get over this, we'll be back on campus in two weeks. Yeah. Like that's really looking back, that was really funny. Like, I know. We, oh my god. You know, we we had no clue what was coming our way. Absolutely.
0: But I feel like obviously like those little things definitely build up to what happened last week mm-hmm. and I do think it's I don't know I, I was talking to my best friend about it and he was just like I don't understand like I don't get it and I'm like what there there is nothing to understand you know what I mean like he is a white supremacist like they don't really think about these things they just do it they see someone that they don't like that they have hatred for that their president has grilled well, former president has drilled into their minds that them wearing a mask is Asian Americans' faults, and so therefore they just it's terror, it's terrorism. There's this regime that they believe, and then they conduct these terrorist acts to fit that regime to make Donald Trump happy. You get one hundred percent, yeah. Bro, and I, I feel can't... like mm-hmm. oh, keep going. going ahead. No, you can go.
2: And I feel like there's parallels to what we saw last year with the Black Lives Matter movement, where it's like, it's not like COVID caused Asian hate, mm-hmm. AAPI hate. It's not like, just like it's not like the murders of George, Ford, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, everyone else caused, you know, um, white, like like hate towards towards Black people like all these things were already existing, you know? Like white supremacy already existed, racism against, you know, all types of people already existed, and it's like for for us who aren't who aren't AAPI or part of the AAPI community, it's like, "Whoa, like where did this come from?" you know? Like people hating on Asian Americans, like this is like this is abnormal to us, but it's like members of the AAPI community have already been dealing with this hate like from the jump, you know, like just the same thing we were talking about last year where people were like, oh, like, you know, we thought racism ended, da-da-da-da, like what is going on? Like what are all these movements coming out of nowhere? But it's like, nah, like we were facing microaggressions, we were facing, you know, the the oppression every day. It's just like now the media caught wind of it, you know, mm-hmm. like now with the tragic deaths of, of um, the eight women in Atlanta and I think yesterday, even yesterday, um, Someone someone was murdered. I don't remember another woman was murdered somewhere else. Another um Asian woman was married was murdered someone else somewhere else. And it's like now these things are coming to light and now we're starting to really see them as like, wow, like white supremacy is not is not only something that that um black people are under the heel of, you know, it's Mm -hmm. all a bunch of communities.
1: Yeah just gonna say I just completely agree with um both like points you and Tara are both making because I also understood what you was also saying Tara like um no sorry um Bree like in the beginning those you know COVID parties were not intended to disrespect or like come off as like oh you know we're shaming that that community or that the you know what I mean like we're not shaming a specific community but it's like yeah, like at first, like it was just, it was just out of ignorance. It was just out of like curiosity. It was just out of like, uh, I guess, teenage volition. <laughs> like that's, that's something I guess I would say. But yeah, I completely. So it wasn't um to the extent that it is now. Absolutely, like so. I'm just yeah. I agree with both what you and Tara are saying because now it seems like white supremacy is targeting any and everybody that might potentially be not even that potentially is some form of threat to them or their society or just out of boredom or out of like thinking they're doing justice for the their their community or their their people is just it's it's disgusting that's that's Mm -hmm. like honestly i didn't think it would even come to this extent that like now we're we're targeting asian americans because they supposedly are the cause of like what of the coronavirus like we're like what two years into the coronavirus and people want to do this now like Mm -hmm. i'm Mm. understanding where where's this logic coming from where was this idea coming from? Was this something they had been planning? Before? Like, these are all just questions. We're not understanding. Someone is going to have to start finding answers because this is unacceptable.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And COVID is an excuse in this situation, you know? Like, just, like, it, like in 2016, when all of a sudden, like, like, Trump won, and all of a sudden, you know, these white supremacists were coming out of the woodwork with their Confederate flags, getting real bold. Trust that they were like that behind closed doors for years. And then, Mm -hmm. and then Trump gave them an excuse to flaunt it. So Mm -hmm. now, all of the people who have always been racist towards the AAPI community are coming out of the woodwork and using COVID as an excuse, you know? Mm -hmm. Like, you see these, we've seen, we've been seeing these, um, these acts of, of, like, um, disrespect, like, forever, you know? Like, we were talking about in episode ten. We were talking about how there's a lot of strife between the Asian American community and the Black community um, for a different for a bunch of different reasons. And so it's like these issues have always existed, but now you know COVID is is giving is giving the aggressors an excuse to be aggressive.
0: Yeah, and also like coming back to a point that I made, I feel like also in episode ten, like Hua discussed like in the Asian American community like they don't really like amplify their own voices Mm. I could be wrong don't I you know don't quote me but I do think if I remember correctly like she did say that like you know it is harder for there to be solidarity between the Asian American community and black community because the black community is so outspoken about our oppression where in the sense of like the model minority myth, it has hindered, you know, Asian Americans to discuss their oppression and to discuss, you know, what they go through. So I feel like that's why, you know, what happened last week has been such a shocker, you know, to America and the world as a whole because the Asian American community in, obviously in America, don't discuss like what happens to them, you know, the racism they face so a hundred percent a hundred percent
2: because like even if you look on our campus Hua and like Abby who graduated here um they were they're they're always batting for for um for black Americans you know like Mm -hmm. Hua works Hua works in Merck and is always you know like when there's BSU events who was there when there's you know what about us meetings about like um, inequality who was there like who was there fighting on the front lines you know with us for all of the for all of the issues that impact the african-american um, community especially for black women you know so it's mm-hmm. but it's kind of like when it comes to the issues with the asian-american community we don't hear about them a lot you know mm-hmm. like because there's already so much work happening in other communities and i think you know something who I was kind of mentioning is that just because you know we're doing activism we're doing work for one community doesn't mean that we don't we we can't do work and do activism for another community so i think a lot of the things that we were talking about last year around this time like reading up educating yourself you know figuring out what kind of activism we can do supporting small um black-owned businesses we can do the same thing for the asian american community you know mm-hmm. like i feel like black women specifically we're we're very used to doing activism being at the front lines you know fighting 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 and i think that you know this is kind of time for us to also put our ally hats on and think mm-hmm. about like okay like what about my my asian brothers and sisters who have been fighting for for us you know they need our support right now as well those small asian businesses especially need need help right now because like at the beginning of covid like Chinatown in Boston was suffering. Like, people oh were not, God. people were not, you know, bringing their money, not doing business in Chinatown because of, like, all of the racism that's surrounded, that's surrounding COVID, you know? So, so small Asian businesses are, are really, you know, not doing well right now. And I saw something online that was kind of like, support us the way you support our food, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't know, most, almost any American you meet, you ask them what's their favorite Chinese food, they're going to have an answer for you, you know? But mm-hmm. if you ask them, like, like, what do you do to support the Asian American community? Crickets. Because it's like, we don't think
1: about that. hmm Absolutely. I, I completely agree. Because it's like, when they need something, oh, you know, they always know where to find you but the moment you need something when, like doing the moment when the tables turn and you reach out to them it's like oh so what happened what happened to the relationship we had like so you, you think you can use me and I can't use you is that, is that what you're telling me so mm-hmm. i i completely agree completely agree Our americans can be oh my god <laughs> i really don't it's Disgusting human beings it really just takes a level of patience uh, what's call it called? Education to really just tolerate certain people within America, like especially white people. Because for me speaking, if we all had this mindset, like bro, we would hate everybody. I promise you that. I swear to God, we'd hate every single American white person that come our way.
2: And I feel like a lot of it also has to do with the way we're taught history in school. Mm-hmm. You know, Absolutely. like. Black history is often omitted from our textbooks, but then, like, if you look at Asian history, they are either seen as the aggressors or someone Mm -hmm. that we're saving, you know? Like, when we learn about it, we learn as, like, China is this great big communist power, and, you know, the Red Scare, you know, we have to be afraid of China because they're communists, this, that, and the third. Or, Mm -hmm. you know, we hear about the other smaller countries, and all the US went in and saved this place and saved that place. But it's like, they're always seen as like the other end of of the war
0: mm-hmm. or
2: yeah so it's like when we think of of their motherlands as as aggressors then we're going to think of the people from from those places as our enemies as our as others
0: absolutely look at like pearl harbor mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. japan the vietnam war you know it's 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 very true I feel a lot of american I'm not saying a lot of all (laughs) of the textbooks, you know, history textbooks that we consume in middle and high school are written by, you know, quote unquote, the winners, Mm -hmm. only winners write history books. So therefore, like, obviously, they're going to shape a narrative to fit, you know, that America won in a sense. Yeah.
2: I mean, like most of our textbooks come from Texas.
0: Oh my god, it's so disgusting. <laughs>
2: and if that don't say something to you. Nah. And I feel like yeah. we also see this like Asian hate even within the Black community, like mm-hmm. in pop culture, like any like Black person who likes anime, who likes
0: K-pop, who likes Asian food. Oh, like they're weird. Yeah. Like no, all- I don't want to cut you off. No, go ahead. But not only that, but what I hate, what I hate the most, is when like. Black people are like, cultural appropriation, cultural appropriation, you know what I mean? But then here you go with like hairstyle pages and you see, you know, a Black woman with chopsticks in her hair or Saweetie wearing a kimono. And when people called them out, Black people in the comments are like, no, that's not cultural appropriation. Like, what are you guys talking about? It's just style, but it's the same thing. If you think about it, like it's the same thing if it's not your own personal culture and you're not you know using it as like to honor that culture then it's cultural appropriation
1: no i completely agree Mm -hmm.
0: and then and then there's like
2: intersections with these things where it's like black people when we caught when we cosplay like anime it's like oh you can't you can't cosplay that character because that character isn't black it's like so why mm-hmm. can white people cosplay an Asian character but black people can't cosplay an Asian character? That doesn't even make sense. Like do you hear yourself? Ab- absolutely. Mm.
0: But I feel like now it's it's like slowly becoming like, you know, black people can watch anime, like black people live in Japan and Korea and know mm-hmm. Korean and speak oh, Japanese. Jim. But yeah, so I feel like there's definitely like a slow incline, but I do think there needs to be more solidarity and allyship between all minorities. Yeah,
1: groups. I completely agree. Absolutely. I guess the thing is that it's kind of hard to do when, you know, we got white supremacy, when we're always battling, you know, white supremacy and certain racist white people who are always at our necks, you know what I mean? Like, always at the necks of the other minority groups. So it kind of makes mm-hmm. it hard for us to come together. But I believe we can definitely do that. We can absolutely yeah.
0: I feel like once, you know, all minority groups, like, see that our oppression is not mm-hmm. a competition, then we can definitely have that power and have that strength to change the system. But obviously, it's definitely a slow mm-hmm. thing to come, a slow process, because there's still people in specific communities who are ignorant who don't want to hear other people's stories so you know it's tough it's so tough especially when you know the system that america has built around minority groups makes us compete against each other
2: yeah and i think that like oppression like like oppression thrives off of division you know like oppression thrives Mm -hmm. off of all of us like pitting each other against each other um but i think that it's definitely compatible with conversations like this like like cross-cultural conversations in which we're talking about like dang there's anti-blackness in your community and it's like dang there's also anti-blackness in our community and also there's like anti you know Asianness in our community. There's anti this and that. And it's like having these conversations and, and like realizing like this is why our communities have issues. How can we build bridges? How can we, you know, link arms together to
0: to be stronger together? And I do think, you know, like the upcoming generations are gonna be that shift that we need because obviously, you know, our parents and our grandparents have become so ingrained to the way life is. So obviously it's gonna be harder for them to like get out of, you know, I don't wanna say it, but chains, <laughs> like, you know, mental mm-hmm. change, chains that like the system has, you know, bounded them in. So I feel like when you look at the protests that are happening and you see, you know, Asian people, black people, Hispanic people, white people mm-hmm. um, coming together, And it's, like, the younger generation, then, you know, that's something impactful, something important. Absolutely. But I just want to say, like, obviously, I mourn for, you know, the lives lost Mm -hmm. last week. You know, it definitely... is similar to what we saw a year ago. And so, you know... Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. You know, that's how I tough feel. Like it we're is. definitely we're mourning yeah. with
2: our with our AAPI brothers and sisters because, like, we know we know how, how it, it feels, feels, you know. But the thing is, I it's almost even more sinister. Like our we we face like police brutality, and at least we can put a name to it. Like that's police brutality, you know. Can't you can't
0: mm-hmm. dispute
2: it when police kill these these people. But it's like the media isn't even like even is, isn't even calling what happened how it is they're not calling it terrorism, mm-hmm. you know they're not calling mm-hmm. it a hate crime. There are some places where they're still mm-hmm. like using other excuses, not sharing the the person who murdered these women, not sharing their names, not sharing like the story, so it's like mm-hmm. yeah, my heart really goes out my heart really goes out to their family, to the family of the victims.
1: Absolutely.
2: I think we all gotta kind of like, I
0: don't know.
2: Sometimes just be like, dang, like I don't know, you know? Like one, I don't yeah. know what what how how I feel a hundred percent, and I don't have the answers, you know? Like, like I feel like I have a lot of learning to do. I feel like I have a lot of reading to do. I feel like there's so much history that I simply don't
0: know. Yeah. Do we have any final thoughts
2: or I want to um thank the one person who emailed us about our our episode on representation in TV. Someone sent us a really long email talking about like all the cartoons they like, talking about anime. Um excited. I was like people are listening to our podcast and like really like enjoying it and like really connecting it to their life. So Shout out That's to Nina amazing. for emailing about anime and cartoons and a bunch of lovely stuff. And please keep keep emailing us, y'all. We have passed the Ides of March, so March is
0: almost over. Um, so you only have like what, like this episode? The thirty-first of March is a Wednesday, so the last day of March is the last time. You All can right, so enter. this is your second last,
2: second to last chance right. to enter. And I think this week I want everyone. To send an email with the hashtag stop AAPI hate to my email, TV4756 at mcla.edu. And if you feel so inclined, please Google that hashtag and educate yourself a little bit. Um, <laughs>
0: absolutely and I'm sure the library will probably have some something on their website or in the library of about books and documentaries you can read and watch yes go visit our lovely
2: advisor Laura at the library and tell her you want to read more about Asian Americans and Asian American history and she will help she will hook you up
0: Mm -hmm.
1: they all will yeah all
0: of them will all righty guys Stay safe. Black Student Union loves you, and we're here for you. And have a great rest of your week. Thank you guys
1: for listening. Follow us on Instagram at MCLABSU. The link to our website and podcast is in our Instagram bio. Bye, Bye
0: y'all. Bye.